One door closes, another opens, or so the saying goes. But that's not the case here. When one door closes, so too does another. Until the presence of seeing an open door no longer fills you with a sense of hope for what lies beyond. For now, when you see an open door, you're filled with a sense of terror of what's on the other side. Something that you're inviting. Something not particularly wanted. Keeping doors closed provides you with a sense of safety. And so, however odd, you make sure that you keep those damn doors closed. Join me tonight as I read you a story I'd like to call Damn Door. My parents died in a car crash when I was 14. Don't feel bad for me or anything. I've made peace with that years ago. Life with them was never great, but I do miss them. If it was one thing that they had taught me, it was to not sit around and wallow in self-pity. I just wish they hadn't sent me to live with Aunt Louise. Anyone have that one family member that's a little bit strange? Kind of cut off from the rest of the family? Yeah, that was our Aunt Louise. She was also our closest living relative. Dad's family lived on the other side of the continent. Mom's parents were both dead and she was the only child. Aunt Louise, her mother's sister, actually was my great aunt and she only lived about an hour from where we did. When my folks were alive, we rarely saw Aunt Louise. And to be perfectly honest, I half expected her to refuse to take me in. I was fully prepared to become a ward of the state or move across the country as soon as I heard that family and children's services had even contacted her and taken me in. But she accepted. I'm not sure how willingly or graciously because I wasn't privy to the phone conversation where she agreed to take me in. I was completely surprised though at how nice she was to me the first three days I was there. I want to make something completely clear. While Aunt Louise was cranky, old, eccentric, odd, uncouth, and several other less than flattering adjectives, uh, 
she wasn't a complete bitch. She had a rather abrupt, even abrasive way of speaking, but she wasn't cruel. I had never even taken the time to really get to know her in my initial 14 years, but I could easily tell that she mostly kept to herself and didn't particularly like people. So naturally, I assumed that she was a reclusive bitch. Really, what surprised me the most when I first moved in, it was how normal everything seemed. At least at first. Aunt Louise cooked, cleaned, watched television, talked to her neighbors on the phone, just like anyone else would. She told me right away that she had little in the way of expectations for me, or at least none that my parents wouldn't have. Don't stay out too late, let her know if you're coming home late, finish your homework before you watch television, clean up after yourself, etc. There was one rule, however, that was strange. And it stood out from the rest of the rules in how strange it actually was. At first, I tried not to worry about it. Old people sometimes have peculiarities. I initially thought it was just that and nothing was wrong. But I was. She insisted that Anytime I entered or left the room, I was to shut the door behind me immediately. It didn't matter if I was only going to be in that room for a few seconds. If I entered a room, I was expected to immediately shut the door. And the same was true if I left. I often forgot this rule my first week there or so. And she never failed to remind me of it. Shut that damn door! She'd yell. Anytime I forgot. It never seemed to matter where she was in the house. She could always tell if I had not shut a door after opening it. Her house was old. And my understanding is that she was not the first owner. She had lived there since my mom was a girl. Honestly, I had no idea how old it actually was. It could have easily been over 100 years old, judging by its design and its layout alone. It had two floors, a basement, and a sub-basement. That last floor threw me for a bit of a loop when I first discovered it existed. I was watching a load of clothes and I noticed a door closed naturally in the far wall of the utility room. The basement was unfinished with mostly dirt flooring and bits and bobs stacked or piled shelves everywhere the only room you could really walk through without fear of stepping on something or knocking over a stack or a pile in the laundry room. 
which was also the only furnished room down there. The door I found in the basement had a board laid across it, easily movable. It was as if Aunt Louise wanted a border there, but not one that she couldn't get past if need be. Naturally, my curiosity overtook me the second time I saw it, and I slid the board away from the door and tried it. It was locked. This didn't strike me as strange at all. That is, until I realized that this was the only room in the house other than the doors leading outside that Aunt Louise kept locked. So, I asked about it one day while she was cooking. That door in the basement, uh, she answered. That's the sub-basement. Nothing much down there. I mainly keep my preserves down there. It's cool enough for them to be kept down there. Right, I answered. This really didn't explain why she kept it locked. So... If I ever wanted to take a look down there... For the love of Christ, boy, why would you want to go and do that? I noticed with that response, her face had changed. Aunt Louise mostly wore the same expression. A scowl, like someone had tracked mud onto a freshly shampooed carpet. Again... She wasn't as nasty as her expression indicated, but it was the expression she was most used to making, apparently. But when she responded to my desire to see what was behind that door, her eyebrows raised and her mouth quivered for a second before answering. It was so slight, others might not have noticed. But by that time, I knew enough about Aunt Louise to adequately deduce that there was something about that door that she was terrified of. I knew that I had to see what was behind that door. My curiosity begged me. I've always been curious, ever since I was young. Typical curious type child. I've never been able to stay away from something that aroused my curiosity, even if my good sense told me better. I wanted nothing more than after that, than to see what was in that sub-basement. But... How was I to get around the lock? That was going to be an issue. Aunt Louise kept all her keys on a single ring. There weren't many of them, but 
I figured if the door that led to the sub-basement was anywhere, the key would have been there. I just had to find my way to take it from her. This turned out not to be so simple. For one thing, it was not possible to get around the house without being heard. I couldn't sneak from my bedroom to hers in order to sneak the keys without opening and closing each and every door between us. Mine, the door in the far part of the hallway, and hers. Believe me, even if I simply left all of the doors open, somehow she'd know. Once, I had gone to the bathroom at night and forgot to close the hallway door. Just as I made it to the bathroom, when I heard her yell, even while sleeping, Shut that damn door! I hurriedly turned back and went to close the hallway door, forgetting to close the bathroom door when I heard it again. Shut that damn door! For that matter, Aunt Louise's room had a squeaky door that also had a catch to it. So when she opened it, it sounded like a chrome tree. Something like that. There was no opening her door without her noticing. So, I forgot about the sub-basement door for a while. I placed my curiosity on the back burner and just tried to get along with the old woman for a while. Life got a bit easier. As long as I remembered to keep all the doors shut at all times, two of us got along fabulously. She didn't get in my face about things, and I didn't get in hers. It was pretty much a silent house, but one that I got used to living in. I didn't even think it was strange anymore that every part of the house had that one access door that always had to be shut. It would have stuck me as more of odd if any doorway was ever left open. Which brings me to the day Aunt Louise fell asleep while watching The Price is Right. It was summer and it was hot. Aunt Louise was less worried about windows being left open than doors, but she still tended to open only one at a time. Today, she had just opened one, the one that wasn't doing much at all to cool down the boxed-in house that had zero rooms for airflow thanks to Aunt Louise's chief eccentricity. So, naturally, she fell asleep, and I saw my chance. Her 
purse without her feet. I was sitting in the chair directly beside hers, reading an Avengers comic, I think, and trying to ignore the repeated calls of, come on down, that she would mutter in her sleep while it echoed on the television. I looked over at her, saw that she was in a deep doze. Her hearing wasn't the greatest even when she was awake, though she was far from deaf. But I figured in her snooze, there was a little chance that she wouldn't hear the tiniest noises of me rifling through her purse. I found her keys almost immediately and headed for the stairwell. If she woke up when I opened the door, I would just claim I was doing laundry. But she was unlikely to wake up unless I forgot to close the door, which by now I never did. I headed down the stairs, for some reason tiptoeing, even though I wasn't yet at the place I had shut out from. I felt absurdly guilty, despite the fact that Aunt Louise had never expressly forbidden me from doing what I was planning on doing. The door to the basement was closed, of course, but unlocked as always. I ducked through and closed it, waiting a few minutes, listening for shifting of Aunt Louise's frame in her chair, indicating that she was up, or perhaps her voice calling to me, asking me why I was in the basement. Quietly, I crept to the laundry room, opened the door, and closed it just as quickly, slipping inside. I felt for a pole chain for the light and pulled it. Low, eerie light flickering throughout the entire room. I'd never thought of the lighting in here as being eerie before, but now I did. There was something about the entire endeavor that just felt wrong. But... My curiosity overrid my fear and my sense of caution. I crept towards the door, slid the board away from it. Aunt Louise had apparently put it back in place after the last time I had done this. The question of why she had done so played in my brain for a moment, but I ignored it and brought the key ring out. After rifling through the keys, I found the right key on my third try and heard a loud clunk of the lock sliding away as the tumblers released the door lock. I froze, my heart beating in my chest, waiting to hear the cry from upstairs, but nothing. Silence. The door opened silently as a ghost. There wasn't 
any light to a new illuminate the staircase beyond. I didn't even see a pull chain for a light on the stairs. My brain was screaming at the rest of my body to turn around and forget this little adventure. But I paid it no heed and crept down the stairs, feeling along the wall for guidance. It turned out there was a tiny amount of light coming through the vent in the ceiling. It wasn't much, but I could see there was a pull light just a few feet from the foot of the stairs. Stupid place to put it. It should be right at the landing, but I walked down what appeared to be a fairly compact hallway and pulled the string. If possible, the light flickered on the wall. It was lower than the light from the laundry room. I barely could tell I turned it on. I looked around and saw that Indeed, Aunt Louise did have rows of preserves down there. I was somewhat disappointed at the mundane answer to the mystery. For a moment, it seemed that secret sub-basement was exactly what it was supposed to be. Except, I could feel a puff of warmish breeze that should not have been possible in the hard-packed earthen walls and cooler of the subterranean air. The sense of wrongness was still there and still strong, and I realized that the long row of shelves holding jars ended in a doorway at the end. A doorway that didn't have a door. I crept towards it, arms in front of me, stepping carefully. The door beyond the door was dark, and it smelled musty. I couldn't feel any source of slightly warm air as I brushed against my skin. But I was noticing that the closer I got to that room, the warmer the air became. By the time I was at the mouth of the tunnel, somehow I had started thinking of the place as a tunnel by this time. The air wasn't just warm, it was humid, fetid. The smell went from musty to moldy, to something even worse, if you can believe it. I was assailed by the sense of wrongness getting stronger and stronger. I had to get out of here. Why am I still walking closer? Stop, turn around, 
run. My body was screaming at me. My brain paid no attention. There wasn't much light, but I could see the outline of another door on the other side of the room. It was a jar. Seeing a jar door in Aunt Luisa's house was like seeing a shattered window in anyone else's. It was wrong. It was not meant to be here. But then I wasn't precisely in Aunt Luisa's house anymore. Was I? This tunnel was not built for this house. I knew that in my soul. It was here before, long before this house. This was a place that only had become attached to Aunt Luisa's house by a short sighting of the builders, unaware of what they had unearthed. What they should have left buried. It took me a moment to realize that the room beyond the very room I was about to step into was moving. The light was too dim to really see what was happening, but there was definitely motion beyond it. Unceasing, slow, lazy motion. All along the walls and the floor, I could hear a slight squelching noise from every corner. Things were crawling, expanding their pulpous flesh, and looking at me, daring me to cross the floor and shut the door on the far side forever closing out what might be coming through it. I heard sucking sounds. Some formless, gelatinous presence stretched and flexed in the darkness. At that moment, a sense of understanding came to me. I was not the first person to stand at this door. This door could not be closed. Not the first person to see that door. The one that was not meant to be. Standing open on the other side. And knowing that it would always be. Until someone worked the courage up to cross the threshold and close it. Aunt Louise had not had that courage, so she fled and kept every door in her house closed at all times, hoping against hope that keeping her doors closed all the time would alert her when whatever was beyond that damn door finally came for her. I didn't have the courage either. I turned and fled 
and never looked back. When I was 16, I moved out of Aunt Luis's home and into a halfway house. Once I was 18, I got a job upstate and I moved there. I never went back to Aunt Luis's and never called her. Never tried to even think about her. But I haven't been all that successful. I still think back to the day I stood in that doorway about the squelching, wriggling things that waited in the darkness. I wonder if Aunt Luis ever found the courage to cross the room and shut that damn door. Hey guys, so I hope you enjoyed my latest story. I know it probably wasn't the most terrifying, but I did want to pace just a little bit. Give you guys a little bit more than just something that was in your face terrifying and more something for you to think about of what could lie in the darkness. (laughs) After all, it's what we do here. But... I hope you enjoyed this story. And I hope to see you again next week as we journey even farther into the darkness. <laughs>